<laughs> oh well hi <laughs> welcome to Night Through Finds and as always there's always a bit of a funny intro into this oh now my phone's ringing there's always a funny intro into <laughs> a little podcast starting episode so usually we press record when we're about to get into the podcast we have a little cup of tea and a chat before and um <laughs> I went to press record and it was said recording pause so we'd obviously been recording our little cup of tea chats before so anyway, it made us both laugh. So anyway, that's an insight into the first half an hour of the podcast that wasn't recorded. <laughs> How are you? How are you, Annie? I'm fine. I'm literally just in that. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I, what is the, well, I don't know what's happening because it's Tuesday, so we should be okay. It's not like it's the end of the week. I know. Yeah, there's no reason. Like, uh, but do you know, I don't know why. I just I felt really awful today. Aww. My um, like I had just this, I just did not feel, I just felt out of sorts. Do you know what I mean? So I took myself on a walk. Oh, good girl. I had some food. Yeah. I feel a little bit better. But I still, this head thing. The head thing. Um, Maybe you need your glasses on. Oh. Oh. I've got, I've, got brand, I've got a new prescription as well. I thought I saw them in a in a reel or something the other day or in an Instagram story. I thought I saw these new specs. I'm going, I'm going really blind now. Oh. Bang them on. How are you? Quite strong lenses. Yeah, those are the ones I saw. They're kind of Harry Potterish. I know. <laughs> are you a Harry Potter fan? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So maybe I need to get into them because I try and I know I can't seem to sit still long enough to watch them. Okay. See, this just does not like anybody that's like I don't like Harry Potter. I don't really. I just don't understand it because I. So I grew up with. Harry Potter. The audio books, the books, the films, the posters, the books that weren't endorsed by J.K. Rowling, but were just anything to do with Harry Potter. Mythical, honestly, obsessed with it. And I remember, <laughs> so when I was really young, we'd had these tapes. Oh, that was when tapes were a thing, right? So it was tapes in the car. And if we were doing picking up kids on the school route, yeah. they would be in our... Um, car right on the way to school it was quite a long journey because we lived out in the country and <laughs> my that's all that was ever playing in the car was just flipping yeah. Stephen Fry reading Harry Potter on tape <laughs> and like I remember like the girls just used to be like oh yeah I remember back in the day Annie when your mum used to pick us up from school and all you would ever all that would ever be playing was Harry Potter <laughs> When I say I know the books word for word and I know the films word for word, I mean like that's. that's I have a feeling though that I knew that would be you. I don't know why I was like she probably knows that she's probably recite the whole thing to me. You could read a bedtime story probably, Annie. I actually could. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'll try it again. I have tried, but I just kind of like I don't. I need to just try again because I know loads of people love them. Um, maybe this winter because seeing as winter is fast approaching it could be out my winter thing but I'm too much into the Vikings at the minute I don't feel Harry Potter and the Vikings go hand in hand which what Vikings is in Vikings oh. or a different one well no so I didn't realize how many different Viking shows there are so now I'm um, I love it so I've watched um The Last Kingdom with oh so oh, good I so... absolutely loved that series I love him to be fair um then I was meant to start watching the prime version of Vikings but I didn't I went to Vikings of Valhalla on Netflix because I got the two confused so I've watched The Last Kingdom mm -hmm. I've now binge watched Vikings of Valhalla which oh hello they're very that's a very good series 
And now I'm on to the prime version of Vikings, which has like six seasons. So I'm good for the whole winter, I think. Yeah, I think you're good. <laughs> which ones have you watched? So Vikings as in the original one that was on BBC. Was it BBC? It might have been. It's like it's quite old, this one I'm watching. It's like a hundred years before Vikings of Valhalla. It's like it's quite old. Yeah, that that must be Vikings OG, no? Yeah, because Vikings Valhalla is a sequel to Vikings, I think. Anyway, I don't know. But that Last Kingdom, obviously. But I think we watched we I think we went through Last Kingdom twice. Oh, I could watch it again. Yeah. So good. Oh, <laughs> uh, like literally so good. And what was the other one? Um, we've got I've watched loads of it. Is there another um did you watch the Last Kingdom the film that came out after? Oh, oh yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. The North. Like... Have you seen the Northman? No. Oh, I think that's a film. Is that a film? It might be on Prime. Okay, that's fine. Um, I I will find that as well. But yeah, so yeah, but maybe Harry Potter will be next thing after all the Vikings. But I'm obsessed <laughs> with Vikings. I'm literally like, oh my God, I don't know if I would have lived in that era. But if I had, I would definitely have had to be a Viking. Definitely. Yeah, I would have been a Vi- I would, I would have been a, the woman but sneaking Vikings. off to battle. Yeah. I think. That yeah. would be me. Um, um, and we're on um, we're on Peaky Blinders at the minute again for the oh, third time. I would watch that again. Actually, that was a really, really, really good um, series that we we watched. Like we didn't get into it when it first came out. We kind of like binge watched it again and then caught up with the last I think two seasons that were actually on TV. Tremendous, tremendous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really rate him. I don't really like like. Joking. Get out. <laughs> no, no, when he's not in his Peaky Blind mode, I'm like, oh, right. I see him in Peaky Blinders. But when I see him in other things now, I'm a bit like, that's not quite the same. You you forget that Thomas Shelby isn't him. Do you know yeah, what I mean? He, he plays it so well that you're just like, wait a second, I thought that was actually him. Yeah, so now when I see him in other stuff, I'm like, that's not the same. Like, you are not mm. Thomas Shelby. But I absolutely adored him in um, as Thomas Shelby. He was, whoa. He is honestly incredible like one of the most talented mm, actors ever just watching that yeah right hard right Oof, got my great che- great cheekbones as well yeah anyway annie's come up with a thing that she wants us to do uh every <laughs> week if we learn something every week or something happens every week or a month at least um so what is it annie let's talk about what we're gonna do we're going to talk to you about what we're going to what we've learned or something that's happened in our lives is that yeah that's it we're just gonna we're just gonna start the pod not with our reviews of well I don't know the team might go down really well (laughs) (laughs) but instead with just something we've learned from the weeks happenings um I don't where was I when I came up with that I have no idea I think I was in the gym you were knee high deep I felt you were in the gym and you'd have you'd had that bloody coffee and it wasn't a deep because you messaged and it was like And I was like, okay, something's going on here. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, I stick to it. We're making it happen. Definitely. I like the behind it. So what's (laughs) one thing you've learned this week, Bex? Uh, So one thing I've learned this week is that um, when you only have 40 minutes and you say you're going to go and do something, you can actually do a lot more than you think. So I had, the boys were playing rugby, and I was like, right, I wanted to get a running, because I've been kind of running in and out of the summer, and I was like, I don't want to stop it now, I felt like I was getting into a good stride with it, but it slipped after Italy, 
So I was like, I've got 40 minutes. Let's just go. Let's run. And I was going to go just at a bit of a, a casual pace. And then I thought, no, I've got 40 minutes. Let's see what I can do in 40 minutes. Let's challenge myself. So I ran faster than I've run in a while, but I still kept it at a pace where I could potentially still sing to myself. So it wasn't ridiculous. But I actually got a PB and I ran further than I thought. So I've learned to not sometimes get caught up in your watch, your what your watch is telling you to do, like the pace you should be going at, and um, not necessarily listening to something in your ear saying, okay, now you need to go at this distance, like pick things up and literally just run and do whatever it is that you need to do. Like don't put, I guess don't put those expectations on yourself for every single run, workout, whatever it is. Um, and it was a really enjoyable run because I think I literally didn't have anything telling me. I just knew I had 40 minutes. So let's see what you can do. So that's what I learned, that you don't have to always have your headphones in, have somebody saying, run at this pace, um, that you can just go and do it. And like, obviously, I felt really good after it, which just reaffirmed all of that stuff anyway. So that's kind of what I learned this week. I like it. What about you? Um, I suppose. I feel like this is something I've learned 500 times over and I'm just learning it again as per usual but (laughs) I think I definitely was on the brink of burnout once again in my life yep and I kind of learned again that you can't wait until you get to that point like you could just like it's you can't just keep going to that brink and going to that edge time and time again and that made me realize how important it is to be doing the preventative kind of measures like as your daily non-negotiables and I do you know what is it's kind of weird as well because I kind of learned that sometimes it's nice being in not nice it's sometimes it is I don't know what it is there's something endearing or enticing about being at that point And I think that is because I associate it with something like I associate it with being maybe productive, maybe feeling good enough, maybe feeling like I'm working hard, whatever it is I'm associating getting to that state with clearly needs working through to stop me constantly getting to that place. Do you know what I mean? Um, And so, yeah, it's kind of like a case of recognizing that you need to do the things to prevent and set yourself up to not let these things happen, not let go to these extremes. And that doesn't feel that exciting. Like it doesn't, it doesn't actually feel like you're achieving anything when you, when you're doing preventative measures, do you know what I mean? So if I'm doing, if I'm scheduling in rest every single day, or I'm walking every day, or I'm doing all my mindfulness, that's not necessarily going to like come out in an outcome immediately. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm never going to reach the point of burnout, so, but that is the that's kind of outcome. The, yeah, exactly. That's the prevent. That's the preventative, isn't it? It's like the vitamin you need to take to stop you from getting to that place in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I get my girls to, I guess, brain dump journal, bookend your day with certain like things. I tell them it's like a vitamin for their mind um it's something that they you know I want them to implement on a daily basis and if not on a daily basis then at least like a few times a week um and it's just like taking I don't know your bloody thyroid tablet or your you know whatever it is the pill you take every morning your contraception whatever it is but it's 
it's it's to help your mind space because as we all know it's our minds that are the things that we have to continually challenge and work um with um so yeah but i like that that's good so yeah. we have another seven days to learn some stuff i guess mm. Mm. oh okay well on to the episode so we've got q a yes we do um all right shall i hit up with the first question or do you, want you to hit up because my phone's gonna die oh okay well i have all three on my phone so it's okay <laughs> right the first question is can you actually have food freedom and fat loss at the same time? I feel like I don't trust that notion entirely, possibly because of years in diet culture. Um, interesting question, actually. Yeah, I thought this was a good question. Yeah. Um, I think the short answer is yes, you can have food freedom and fat loss at the same time. Um, because it's all about giving yourself unrestricted access to, to, to food, but not necessarily allowing yourself to just completely quote unquote junk food 24 seven. Um, but I think it's, if there's always, it's such a big, broad topic, isn't it? And there's always a caveat to it. And it depends on the individual person and where you're at with your relationship with food and dieting. Yeah. Agreed. Like completely agreed with that. Um, I think it really does depend on who we're talking about here and who we are you know someone in eating disorder recovery is perhaps going to be in a completely different place and working towards completely different things obviously not working towards you know fat loss or anything body composition related and so I think it will look very different for them than it would perhaps someone who's just struggling with yo-yo dieting has perhaps been in diet culture for a very long time but doesn't meet that, that criteria I think what you said about, I think it's about, well, what are we defining food freedom as? Because I yeah. think that this is something that gets misconstrued is that food freedom or even like unconditional permission to eat, which is a bit of a, a facet to sort of food freedom. It's one of the principles, I guess, is people misinterpret that to mean, oh, it just means eating whatever you want, whenever you want, in whatever quantities. Do you know what I mean? But, but I think... All, is it? It's, no. But this, this is such a deep, such a broad topic. And again, I think that it gets, words get, I guess, thrown out in the wrong way sometimes on social media. So everyone's like, it's like the whole mindfulness, the whole intuitive eating, the whole, like you said, food freedom. Like they mean so many different things, but when you only take a little bit of each one, it gets really confusing. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I yeah so. I would say yes but not entirely because I, I see food freedom as kind of like working towards um an intuitive style of eating right like yeah. eating like intuitive eating in that you're honoring your health you're honoring your hunger and fullness you're you know including satisfaction in there you're practicing unconditional permission to eat so like there's no conditions upon which foods you eat you're accepting of like there's body acceptance coming into it I guess that kind of thing but if you are pursuing fat loss then you're not necessarily always going to be fully honoring hunger and yeah. there are going to be you are going to need to be more intentional with your choices and you are pursuing a body composition goal which kind of goes against intuitive eating is a weight neutral approach right 
um and something that it can also be seen I guess as knowing um little things like intuitively thinking to yourself I'm going to make a better choice here at lunchtime because I might have a heavier dinner in the evening so again it's it's using that word in the right context which I think always gets misconstrued I have the word misconstrued um and people take it take it to the extremes and it's like but I've been intuitive I want to eat 10 donuts that's me but that's not you being intuitive with what your body needs or you honoring your body with health and all of those things that's just you making intuitive eating be what it, you want it to mean I want to mm. eat those donuts it's giving yourself that permission oh, I can eat them because I'm being intuitive with it because that's kind of what I want to do um yeah. so yeah and so yeah what I think when it comes to pursuing fat loss we can absolutely work towards having more food neutrality not thinking that we need to earn or burn food not getting caught in food comparison tuning into your body's hunger and fullness cues but obviously with respect to a body composition goal it's going to be slightly different than eating intuitively um you know practicing all of these things moving away from that good and bad mentality developing a more positive relationship with food all of that can be done within a fat loss context as well yeah and I think again like food freedom I think comes from understanding your body your emotional triggers and your kind of like nutritional needs and then when you pair that with a fat loss plan whatever you know whatever you're thinking 12 8 10 weeks whatever it is I think then you can kind of find the balance but you have to kind of have elements of all of those things in one what's the word like I'm doing like a circle here do you know what I mean like it has to come out the same umbrella Um, yeah for sure and I've definitely worked with clients that when I mean this is something we've explored a lot but you know where they have gone too far into not too far into but they've practiced body body acceptance they've reached a really good place with their body they have moved away from diet culture which is essentially what food freedom is but then they have disappeared into um not honor going too far in that they're not honoring their health then don't they're not respecting their body both of which are important for intuitive eating and food freedom right again it's not I can ignore these things and I can just eat whatever I like whenever I like we still have to do that in the grander concept uh, context of health and respect for your body and so it that's kind of pulling them back into that and working on those things so that we can kind of redevelop that food freedom for them and just sort of redefine what that is so again it, it completely depends what place Where you are isn't it? and mm-hmm. what you're at but if you've got a good coach, then they will be guiding you in the direction that you need to be in uh, sure. going in the right direction. Um, okay. so question, let's move on to question number two then. Um, how to stop feeling so guilty after eating a certain way or overindulging? I find I can't silence that self-talk for a while after and it's like I'm fighting the urge to give up. Oh, first of mm. all, you're not alone at all. Like, just don't feel like this is just you um the it's a familiar feeling for many many women um and everyone has these moments as well where we do overindulge even when we don't want to be doing it so try and take that which is one of the things I wanted to say was try and remove the guilt that you are feeling because that's probably one of the things that are holding you staying in that place where you can't feel that you can silence the self-talk to yourself and like you just keep hearing it over and over again um so I think acceptance that you've done it and then silencing the talk by knowing that you're not alone by doing this like, this happens all the time um and 
I think as well, like, uh, it's kind of like that whole thing of maybe ask yourself, knowing that you can pivot as well at any time, that, you know, the, the, the guilt that you're feeling is um, kind of like a constructive action that you're doing. So you're allowing yourself, you're, you're, you're letting yourself this happen. So like, if you can ask yourself, and I think this is always done after on reflection, not during the moment, like, what can I learn from this? Like, have you noticed any patterns that you tend to eat more when you're stressed or other things like that? And use awareness to develop healthier coping mechanisms as well. Um, that's my first, but I do have quite a lot of tips for this one, but you go. Um, I would say, yeah, all of that. And then looking at also where is that guilt coming from? Because it's often coming from that kind of, label those labels that we tend to have with food right it's that putting certain foods on a pedestal labeling foods good or bad um assigning labels like even healthy or unhealthy mm. where is the guilt stemming from because it's usually that we are assigning moral value to food yeah. and then in doing so we end up assigning moral value to ourselves which obviously leads to guilt and shame and then guilt and shame will lead to you know, kind of that stop-start cycle with food, overeating, binging, thinking sod it, all or nothing thinking, et cetera, et cetera, which we want to move away from if we're going to support, you know, sustainable fat loss um, and a better relationship with food. And so I would start by thinking, well, where's the guilt coming from? Are you still labeling foods good or bad? Are you still placing certain foods on a pedestal? Do you still have conditions like we just spoke about in place when it comes to eating certain foods? Yeah, and yeah. start exploring that how can we move towards a more neutral language around yeah. food and this is something I you know I often say there's no, there's no such thing as good or bad there are if you're pursuing a fat loss goal there are foods that are probably going to be more supportive of your goals right now there's going to be more nutrient dense and less nutrient dense foods and that's basically it yeah, and so yeah. if you start moving towards that more neutral territory around food, then it can often help with the feelings of guilt as well. Yeah, there's actually what I we might do another podcast on this because I remember I researched this and read it. Something about like the scaling exercise where you um you help clients like identify the, the polarity between good and bad and determine what falls in the middle and the gray area of food. So it's like mm -hmm. a scale of one to ten. Um one being, I don't know, rubbish, ten being amazing. And you kind of like you you scale you think of foods in on that scale and you place them in different areas and then you kind of like have to I need to look into it a bit more I, found, I saw it the other day and I was really intrigued by it um and you need to then you can work out like what foods then fall in the middle area of the scale and you can see which foods you kind of determine as good and bad and then like how you find that neutrality between the two but by looking at it on a scale and where you place things it's that visual thing as well of, oh, okay. So then like, where, why am I saying this is a good food or a bad food type of thing? Mm, yeah. Um, and then what, what that can have, what that exercise probably helps with is, well, where, what, what, why is, why does that donut come at that place? But the yeah. avocado comes there and it's like, well, where did that, that's a rule. Probably there's, there's some rules in place there. There's some messaging that you've uh, kind of internalized from diet culture and we can start to unpick those and obviously moving towards a place where. Yeah. So it's more in the middle. So all the foods then are all between like a four and a seven rather than being a one or a two or a nine and a 10. Um, so I'm going to look into that a bit more and then maybe we can just do a podcast all on, on that and like maybe yeah. just 
specific ways on how to deal with guilt around after eating food. Yeah, the thing I wanted to say for that lady that did put that question is, you can also try this, right? I love this. It's like a five minute rule. So you allow yourself five minutes to dwell on the negative thought. But once that timer is up, you literally set a timer. But once that timer is up and it pings, you consciously choose to make have a different thought process about stuff and you move on from it like that. Um, that's part of like CBT kind of way of doing stuff. Yeah, that's like a bit like thought parking, isn't it? Where you're yeah. like, okay, look, if I want to give more time to that, I'm going to set some time aside in the evening yeah. and we can we can do that. And then most yeah. of the time you get there and you don't want to do it. Exactly. Um, but it's about yeah, breaking that chain of like staying in that place for an hour or half a day or two days like you allow yourself five minutes because the amount of energy and brain power and like just like energy in yourself that you're wasting by making yourself feel horrible and guilty and stressed and upset is taken away from like all the other things in your life that are more important than that one little blip that happens um and it's forcing you to then also move past it and see it for what it is it's just a minor little blip um rather than being a, a big catastrophe Mm-hmm. Um, and that that will support your development of self-compassion yeah. which is obviously going to be very important for feelings of guilt for not berating yourself and beating yourself up we want to be that we want to foster self-compassion um like how like even just how would you speak to a best friend that had just told you that that's yeah. what she had done like genuinely if bex messaged me saying annie i ate x y and z yesterday and i'm fe- feeling all sorts of ways how would you respond to that person in that moment and why aren't you speaking to yourself in that way and how can you offer more supportive thoughts to yourself Mm. in that situation because that is going to help you know it's it's fine when when we're moving through food guilt like it's not going to disappear immediately but we want to start reducing that time where you are caught in that kind of like negative self-talk um guilt guilt place but yeah yeah um, and then the last one, which is also a little bit interesting. Uh, let me find it, let me find it. Okay. Are there any vitamins or minerals in, well, hang on, let me start again. I don't know why I jumbled that up. Are there any vitamins or minerals and in turn foods that women of a certain age should eat or stay away from to help regulate hormones or food cravings? So in turn, will they help with fat loss? Um. I know the lady that sent this question in. So she's kind of like my age, so early 40s, uh, late 30s, early 40s. Um, personally, the only vitamins I think everyone should be taking generically is fish oil, vitamin D, and um, creatine, which isn't a vitamin. Um, other than that, that, I think obviously there are obviously there are other good vitamins and minerals to take, but I don't think we have to be, if you haven't got like an excess pot of funds to go buying lots of supplements, I don't think we need to be going too crazy with different supplements. I, I, I started taking magnesium the older I've got um, because I researched that it's quite good for sleep. Um, and, but I bought it in a spray so it goes directly on my skin rather than... You it, don't get itchy from that. I get so itchy yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, so yeah, I um, because I take quite a lot of tablets orally anyway. So I was like, I'm going to, I didn't want to take another flipping tablet. <laughs> I, I bought the spray um, and I've got it in a foot balm that I put on my feet and with lavender before I go to bed. Um, and I, that, I don't know, again, it's good, but you also need to be taking, is it zinc with that? To yeah, make zinc, zinc and magnesium. 
It's yeah. like when you have to take, um, when I have to take my uh, iron tablets, I've got to drink it with vitamin C, with, with the orange juice to make it yes. absorb into the body. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say as well, like there's, there's no supplements that are going to, there's no supplements that will balance your hormones and there are no yeah. supplements that will stop cravings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hear apple cider vinegar being banded around in terms of ap- appetite regulation. There's like some tiny minimal evidence on apple cider vinegar and satiety, but like there's not a large body of evidence. I would not recommend using that. That I see that all the time um, when it comes to like cravings. Yeah. You know, I would, yeah, I would definitely say like the biggest bang for your buck is going to be when it comes to cravings. And I think just fat loss in general and hunger regulation is going to be looking at your sleep. And if there are supplements that can support sleep, obviously we don't have an overwhelming amount of supplements, but zinc magnesium might be helpful for some people. Um, If you're not sleeping due to sort of uh, menopause, perimenopause, then obviously hormone replacement therapy, that's not a supplement, by the way, that is medication. Um, You know, that is a different treatment altogether. Um, But yeah, there's no supplements to directly support fat loss. But indirectly, if we can support sleep, if sleep quality is impacted, and then that is having an impact on cravings, mood, obviously, which is going to influence eating behaviors, and then hunger, because we know hunger can be impacted just in perimenopause in general, but also due to poor sleep, Mm. then if that's something we need to do, then we can look at that. But I would say that's about it. Yeah, and me, I think like, again, and getting your vitamins and minerals from your food, like that's just eating a balance of vegetables and like, you know, or like raw veggie, not even raw, but like, you know, like peppers, cucumbers, broccoli, kale, spinach, all of the veg, that's where you're going to get all your vitamins and minerals from, and they will naturally go into your body then um, through your food. So yeah, I feel that's our answer to that one. Mm -hmm. So, So no magic pills, unfortunately. It's, do you know what I did? I wrote a post on this today. It's not going live because I haven't finished it, but it's, I was thinking about when I used to always just be looking for the next supplement to fix X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I see this a lot in the women that I work with because it's so easy to be like, oh, I'll just take a pill in the morning and hopefully uh, X, Y, and Z. And that, this is not what I'm saying is happening here whatsoever. It just reminded me of this. Um, but there's so many things that we can be doing outside of supplements that are going to have more of an impact on our fat loss goals yeah. and our health all around health as well. Um, that, but yeah, there are, there are some supplements that we probably should be taking like vitamin D, um, well, making sure eating, yeah, like. fish oil and, and then anything if sleep is impacted, that's going to help with that. And I think that's, that's it, but yeah. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up there then Missy. Um, Thanks for listening as always and do the whole like, subscribe, share and we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye guys.